Hey friends, I'm Elena Davis, your integrative health coach, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward podcast where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. Friends, welcome back to the Health Forward podcast. I'm so excited that you're here today. Today is part two of the endometriosis awareness series that I'm doing for the month of March, which is endometriosis awareness month. And in this episode, I am going to be sharing my story with endometriosis. So I want to mention upfront in the beginning that this is just my story and how endometriosis has affected my life and the things that have been helpful for me. So while some of these things may be helpful for you, and obviously if it's something you would like to try working with your physician, then um, please you know do that. But please know that this is not medical advice and this is not me telling you what to do or how to fix it or how to cure it. This is just me sharing my personal experience with you. So I was diagnosed with endometriosis in 2014 after an exploratory laparoscopy and I had just turned 26. Although I had been having symptoms of hormonal imbalance and even had a PCOS diagnosis a couple years before that, which I've done another episode on that and on insulin resistance if you want to go back and find that. Um, I really hadn't known anything about endometriosis. It had never been mentioned to me. It was never even um, a possibility or discussed that that might be what was going on with me. So uh, I, I just really, I was kind of shocked. I didn't even have any idea. I didn't have chronic pain. And honestly, at that time, I would tell you that I really didn't have any symptoms at all. Now, once I've learned more about endometriosis and more of the lesser known symptoms, um, I definitely can go back and see that in myself, Some, especially the GI symptoms and um, pain with ovulation and um I can go back and look at pictures of myself and see like some like endo belly kind of things going on at certain times. But at that time, I just, I didn't know that any of those things I was experiencing was abnormal. So really the first indication I had that anything was even going on that was out of the norm was the summer before my first surgery, my husband and I were on vacation and I experienced uh, the first of three very severe pain episodes that I ended up having. I honestly don't remember a lot about it. Um, I do remember yelling for my husband from the bathroom because I had never felt such intense pain before that. And I just didn't have any idea what was happening. Um, he, he obviously didn't know what was happening. And so I just remember uh, he kind of like helped me get to the bed and I just um, tried to rest and be still for a few minutes. And after about an hour, it eased off. I got up, we went to dinner, we carried on with our vacation without missing a beat. Like there were absolutely zero symptoms after that initial hour or so of pain. The next time it happened was probably several months later, like I would say six, seven, eight, maybe even a little more than that months later. But that time the pain was absolutely unbearable. 
it came on very suddenly again. And I, I can't remember a whole lot about um, that because I was, I was in the bed. I couldn't stand up. I couldn't sit up. I could hardly speak. I was crying. I couldn't really stop crying. And I remember my husband calling my mom and calling a friend of mine who was a nurse. Um, and she suggested at that time, maybe it was a cyst, maybe it was rupturing, something like that. And that I really needed to see my doctor. Unfortunately, it was in the evening. It was after hours. I did not want to go to the ER. Um, and after about two hours, the pain did really decrease, but that time I couldn't stand up straight afterwards without having a lot of pain in my, um, lower abdomen and pelvic region. So I knew something wasn't right as I had never, you know, I didn't have that experience the last time. And really even the next day, I couldn't stand up completely straight. Um, so I went into my OBGYN office and they did an ultrasound. And, um, I remember being scared out of my mind. That's the thing that really sticks out to me when I think about that first ultrasound. I had never had that kind of ultrasound before. I don't think I'd had any ultrasound before up to that point in my life. And I remember crying the whole time, just out of probably just all that was going on. I was probably having a rush of hormones in my body. Um, I didn't know, but I probably was. And I was also just scared and anxious. And I remember the ultrasound tech trying to calm me down as I was on the table and she was doing the the um, ultrasound, but also she had this very concerned look on her face and she, you know, how they do when they leave the room and they go get someone else to come look at it to see if, you know, what they think they're looking at is true. And she told me that she did see a, um, what she thought was probably a very large cyst on one of my ovaries. And there was some um, extra fluid kind of around my ovaries. And so she assumed that maybe I had had a small cyst rupture, but that it wasn't serious or life-threatening, but um, I probably did need to follow up with my doctor and I probably did need to have surgery, like a um, exploratory laparoscopy to see what it was. I can't really remember if the subject of endometriosis came up at that time. Um, I remember thinking I was scared, I was terrified that it was a tumor. I just was... Um, really scared that it might be ovarian cancer. And that was really all I could think about. So as I mentioned, I did end up having surgery for that just a couple weeks later. And that surgery revealed that that large um, cyst was a endometrioma, or sometimes they're called chocolate cysts because they are full of um, old blood. And so um, it kind of has that color to it. And um, also that I had stage four endometriosis with a lot of adhesions and several of my reproductive organs were stuck together. And um, my doctor at that time told my family when I was in post-op that it was so severe that I had absolutely zero chance of conceiving without having had that surgery. I remember kind of waking up and post-op and um, talking to my doctor very briefly. And I remember when they said, yes, it is endometriosis. I was actually relieved, um, at that time because I was so, like I said, I was so scared that it was cancer. Um, endometriosis seemed like a much better diagnosis to me. And it is as far as not being, um, life threatening, but I did not understand the weight of an endometriosis diagnosis. I did recover pretty quickly from that surgery 
and the next several months following that are pretty fuzzy to me. I don't remember a lot of going on. I don't remember, um, since I wasn't extremely symptomatic before, I don't remember feeling like a lot of difference or a lot of change. Um, I don't think that my surgeon or my OB at that time really explained much to me other than if we wanted to get pregnant, we needed to start trying as soon as um, I was healed from the surgery. And so we did that. Um, I also ended up changing physicians during that time because I had a friend that um, knew a doctor who had had endometriosis and um, I had another friend that had actually gone to her and really liked her and um, thought that would be a good fit for me. And so I went to see her. Um, let's see. I had that surgery in August of 2014, and I think I changed over to the new physician that next spring. And um, at my first visit with her, she ran a few lab tests, including the CA125 marker lab that checks for certain antibodies um, that's usually used for checking for ovarian cancer, but there are some physicians that use that lab to also look for endometriosis because it can have same, some of the same inflammation and antibody levels to a, a lower, much lower level, but it is still sometimes used by some physicians, not all. And, um, I was really surprised when she called me a week later and said that my levels were high and that she was going to refer me to a reproductive endocrinologist. And I just remember being so frustrated because it hadn't even been a year. It had really only been eight or nine months since my surgery. And she was pretty confident that the endometriosis was already back. One of the biggest blessings of my endo story is that I didn't have the chronic pain that I know so many women that do have endometriosis experience on a regular basis. I only really had those three like episodes and they were severe and they were horrible. But in this case, not having some of the symptoms was also kind of a curse for me because it was really difficult for me to monitor what was going on with my health and with my body. Um, since I didn't have those symptoms every month, I couldn't really tell what was going on or if it was back or if it wasn't. And so I did make that appointment with the uh, reproductive endocrinologist and I went to see him shortly after that. And pretty much immediately he recommended that I go ahead and have another exploratory laparoscopy so he could see what was going on. And, um, I think I had that in July of 2015. So not even a full year. It was like 11 months from my first surgery. And that second surgery was way more difficult for me. I was under anesthesia for a lot longer, um, which is a whole story, whole other story in and of itself. But, um, even though it hadn't been a year, I already had a lot of adhesions and a lot of endometrial tissue growing again, and my organs were already getting stuck together again. And so because of that, I had to be under anesthesia for a lot longer because it was a much more invasive and thorough operation. Recovery was way more difficult for me physically uh, because of the invasiveness of the procedure. In order to get it all, I had more incisions. Um, and then just some other like allergic reactions and random complications, um, that I developed post-op. And, um, just in addition to that, it was much more difficult on me mentally that time around. I think 
I was just so frustrated that I was right back there again so soon. And because my recovery time, physical recovery time took longer, I had a lot more time to be still and um, not be able to be distracted. And so I think I was, I just had a much more difficult time mentally bouncing back that time. I distinctively remember the feeling that my body was betraying me and it was doing all of these things that I had absolutely zero control over and I didn't know why it was happening and I didn't know what was causing it and I just felt like there was nothing I could do to fix it and for someone with my personality, a type A fix it kind of girl, that was very, very difficult for me. I felt like I was doing all the right things. I was trying to eat healthy. I uh, worked for a chiropractor at the time and I was getting regular chiropractic adjustments. So I felt like I was trying to keep my nervous system working well and I was exercising and I was following all of my doctor's recommendations. And yet this disease was still growing in my body. Honestly, if it were not for my faith in my relationship with Jesus and the comfort and peace that he allowed me to have and the encouragement and support of my husband and my friends and my family, I don't know how I really would have gotten through that time. And just as a side note, I've kind of gotten off on a tangent here um, and I'll get back to the story in a minute, but this is my number one piece for advice for someone dealing with endometriosis. And I think why it is so important to me that I talk about it and I share and I try to help other people walking the same thing. And really this goes for any chronic illness, not just endometriosis. But my number one piece of advice is just don't try to do this alone. I know that endometriosis and other reproductive system or hormonal um, related conditions can feel kind of private and kind of taboo to talk about and they're very misunderstood but it is so much harder when you try to do it by yourself you know one of the number one tools of satan the enemy of our souls is to make us feel isolated, especially as women, to make us doubt God's goodness, to make us think that no one could possibly understand what we're going through or that nobody really cares. And none of those things are true. And when you allow yourself to have other people in your life that can remind you of those things, it makes it so much easier. So I just want to encourage you, fight back against those feelings, fight back against those lies and don't isolate, find somebody to talk to, let people in, tell your friends, talk to your family about it, see a counselor. Endometriosis is a physical condition and it is hard on the body, but just like so many other things in life, it also wreaks havoc on your mind and on your emotions. And when you isolate yourself, you give it way more power than it ever needs to have over your mind and over your emotions. So I'm going to try to get back on track after that, <laughs> after that tangent. But I just think that that is so important. And if you're listening and you have endometriosis, please listen to that advice and reach out to somebody. So following that surgery, my second surgery, we um, immediately started trying to conceive and I was regularly seeing my reproductive endocrinologist for that and following his recommendations and his protocols, um, we tried IUI 
and we tried a couple other of the more conventional medicine options, but unfortunately, we were still not able to conceive. And during that time, I really, my desire to look into more of an integrative medicine or alternative medicine approach really started to increase. Um, I, I knew that I wanted to really work on the function of my body um, from the inside out. And I started doing a lot of research as much as I, I could. And I um, changed my diet. I read a lot of books and articles. I took all kinds of different supplements. And I really tried to go on just my own, on my own research with that as much as I could. And um, honestly, I just kind of got lost in it all. There's so many different opinions and there's so many different options out there, um, which is good because not everything works for everyone, but it can be very overwhelming, especially when you don't really have any background knowledge in that or don't have any medical training or anything like I didn't really even have at that time. And so I really needed someone to kind of guide me and help me figure out what my body was needing. So I started kind of looking for that. And I had a friend of a friend that had a very similar story to mine, and she had gone to see an herbalist in North Carolina. And she had drastic improvements after seeing her and she was even able to get pregnant. And so it just kind of kept popping into my head, like, maybe I should try this herbalist thing. I don't know. Um, and to be honest, I, I really had a lot of reservations about it. I didn't understand um, anything about what an herbalist did or how they were trained. And I was extremely skeptical. But at that point, I really figured it couldn't hurt anything. I had already tried all these other options. Um, and so in the fall of 2016, so about a little over a year after my second surgery, I made an appointment and drove the two hours to see this herbalist. Honestly, the whole experience was so crazy. Um, and maybe I need to do an entire episode on that experience someday, um, just because it's way too much to put into this episode. It would, it would be way too long, but, um, I'll just sum it up to say that I was totally, caught off guard by that appointment and that sweet lady um she started explaining things to me about how my body worked and things that I had never heard before and they made sense before even reading my medical history it was like very old school like nothing electronic you filled out your paperwork by hand when you got to the office (laughs) and I remember still having my paperwork in my hand she hadn't even taken it from me yet And she started telling me that I had stagnation in my reproductive organs, which is part of endometriosis, and started telling me that I had all these digestive issues and how that was really driving a lot of hormonal imbalance and inflammation in my body. And she did that by looking into my eyes and by doing um, some different kinds of muscle testing that I I had no idea what she was doing. But she told me that I had an overgrowth of candida in my gut. Candida is a, um, a yeast that can, it exists in everyone, but so it can get out of control um, very easily. And um, that she told me that was happening with me. And she made some recommendations for me that I really needed to change a few certain things about my diet. I needed to really be living an anti-inflammatory lifestyle. And she really walked me through what that looked like. She prescribed several different herbs and vitamins um, that I needed to take for the next three to six months. 
and I've never experienced anything like that in my life, but I took her word for it and I followed her recommendations completely. During that time, I had also heard a lot of good things about acupuncture. And so, um, I decided to go ahead and try that as well. So I think I saw the herbalist in around, it was October-ish of 2016. And then around December, um, I actually started seeing a reproductive acupuncturist as well. And uh, spoiler alert, more on that soon, more on the acupuncture soon. But um, so I started doing those things kind of in conjunction with each other starting the acupuncture just a little bit, um, after starting the herbs and the supplements and, um, diet changes. And I noticed a lot of my GI symptoms started to improve, um, things that I really didn't even notice that I was having like chronic bloating and a lot of other, um, just GI upset, especially around the time of my cycle, um, started to improve quite a bit. And I noticed that I really felt less stressed. I felt a lot more, um, relaxed about things. And now I realize that was a combination of the supplements and the acupuncture. And I think really just coming to a place that I was able to release a lot of that fear and control over to God. Um, but I did all that for a couple months and in February, 2017 on Valentine's day, actually four months after seeing the herbalist and following her protocol. And after two cycles of acupuncture, I found out that I was pregnant. And shocked is a major understatement for sure. I was not expecting it at all. Um, yeah, I, I was completely floored. And still, when I think about it, I'm completely floored. And um, I was able to have a healthy pregnancy with zero complications. And I delivered a very healthy baby girl. I cannot tell you what exactly it was that made the difference for me. Was it the herbs, the acupuncture? Was it divine healing? I honestly don't think it was any one thing. I really think that all those things work together. I think the surgery removed the adhesions and put things back in their proper place. I think the combination of the herbs and the diet changes really helped to heal my gut and heal a lot of the inflammation in my body. I think the acupuncture helped my body relax and also helped with the hormone imbalance and inflammation. And I know that God was in control of the whole thing from start to finish. You know, he's really blessed us with science and medicine and doctors who are trained to help us. And also with holistic healing modalities with like acupuncture and plants and herbs that he created. And I think the whole time through the whole entire story, my whole entire journey, I think he was really working on my heart to learn to trust him and to release control of my body and my family's future to him. As far as where I am today with my endometriosis story and diagnosis, the honest answer to that question is that I don't fully know. I had labs done again about a year ago and my hormone levels were good and the CA125 levels were low, which makes me really happy, but that is not 100% reliable. So I don't fully know that it's not back. I still follow an anti-inflammatory diet and try to really preserve my gut health which I'm sure those things help, but being someone that didn't have um, extreme symptoms with endometriosis, I can't really gauge 100%. 
um, if it has come back or not. Um, I do plan to continue this lifestyle and really monitor my labs and go from there. We do plan to try to have more children. So um, I'm sure that will reveal more how things are functioning once we kind of begin that process again. So that is, that's my story up until this point. And I hope that it's given you a little insight into the life of someone with endometriosis. And really, I am one of the luckier ones. I've for sure had my fair share of difficulties with it, but not to the degree that a lot of women suffer. So many women live in chronic daily pain and have unbearable pain and horrible symptoms and debilitating anxiety every month. Many women have to miss work and school regularly because of their symptoms. It is a major financial burden and it takes a huge emotional toll. Also, if they're trying to conceive, it's even more. So if you are someone with endometriosis, I hope that my story has given you just a little hope to know that you are not alone that you're not crazy for feeling the way that you do and that there are options out there to try that maybe you haven't tried before and maybe they will help you. No one's story is exactly the same, but there is something for us to learn from each of our stories and I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to mine. I'm going to link a few resources in the show notes for some of the things I've mentioned here. And if you'd like to do your own research and maybe try some of these things for yourself, you'll be able to find more information about it there. Also, the part one of this um, podcast series is a little more information about the science behind endometriosis, what it is, what we know so far about the causes and the symptoms and the treatment options. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that as well. And there's some resources in the show notes of that episode as well. If you know someone who has endometriosis, share this episode with them, share the last episode with them. Um, It was always so helpful for me to read other people's stories, especially when they had had some levels of success, either in conceiving or in symptom management. So I know that, um, just hearing other people's stories will be helpful for them as well. So please share this, share it on um, Instagram, on whatever social media platform you're on, and maybe it can be helpful to somebody else. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will see you back here next time. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward Podcast.